Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. Hey, this is Josh. It is Tuesday, May 16, 2023, and we are joined by friend of the Mayfair, Tom Fowler, today. Hello. Hi, Tom. Hey, Tom. And a dog. And a dog. Yeah, more importantly, a dog. <laughs> and Tom Fowler, friend of the Mayfair's dog, Whiskey Galore. I can't believe we are this many episodes in, and this is the first time a dog has sat in with a podcast. That seems like your dog's been close. I like, think my dog's been hanging out in the cinema with Gwen while we've recorded a podcast. Yeah, well, and technically your dog was on the podcast when we did them like long distance or whatever. Oh, that's true. It's like COVID kinda, times. Yeah, it's weak, but that counts. Yeah. This is the first time in-house dog. Yeah, and it's like it's a cool dog. I, like, you know, pretty big, I guess. I'm trying to describe it for the listeners at home. You know, like, <laughs> seems to be like a golden retriever she type a golden, dog. She is a golden retriever. Yes. I'm not good with dogs, but I'm like, it's uh, the color of a golden retriever. <laughs> yeah. And she's already spilled water. A whole lot of water could all kill over us the all. floor. Yeah. Yeah. This it's, could be the last episode. We're it all going to get so electrocuted. Like, it wasn't even that much water. It was like maybe an inch, but it's like <laughs> everywhere. Not in a bad, we're all wearing shoes and stuff, yeah. you know, so it's fun. It's, I think she's lying in it now, too, which, but it's like, you know. It's it's cooling. It's, <laughs> it's cooling on her, and she's got her bum on my foot, so I can't go anywhere. It's, it's like a waterbed, so. essentially, <laughs> yeah. at this point. We haven't done it in a while, but years back, when it was a first-run, second-run movie, we had to bring your dogs to see Up. So, yeah. So this was like 10 years ago? We really wanted to go to that yeah. uh, with our old dog, Zool, and just for whatever reason, we couldn't. And we've done it a handful of times yeah. over the years, but that one was great because in the context of the movie, mm -hmm. there's a part where the dog goes squirrel yeah. and barks. Yeah. And we had one afternoon that was very well attended. I don't think I'm exaggerating. We might have had 50 dogs in here. Mm -hmm. And nothing bad happened. No messes, no fights. Everything was cool. Yeah, yeah. But anytime they went squirrel, the 50 dogs in the cinema barked with the dogs <laughs> on the big screen. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. So our first dog incident is this dog spilling water then. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty good run. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, not bad. It made me think we should have a cat day. Yeah, so I've been pushing for that. cats in but... here. What could go wrong? Uh, <laughs> even yeah. one, it might be a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But maybe someday I'll bring one in. Someone was like, oh, you should do it for All Dogs Go to Heaven. And I'm like, oh. do dogs want to watch that movie? That's no, sad. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, then I mean, up, I guess it's sad. I haven't seen yeah. the movie, but I've been told. Yeah, but not for dogs. No, that's true. Like, that's true. The dog was happy. Dogs are like, hey, <laughs> look at us. We're talking. We're taking control. Man, this is amazing. They don't care. And the less said about Milo and Otis, the better. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, as a kid, we didn't know. No, but then the, you hear what happened. The real like, life yeah. stuff. Oh, God. Let's move on from Milo and Otis. <laughs> Fun movie, though, at the time. At the time. Now I'm like, Until I can't even imagine. And two, like, I mean, I remember the voices were annoying. Well, to a kid, not annoying. But now if you watch it, I feel like I'd be like, okay, this is enough. I've never seen it, but I understand it was the same thing with Home Alone. They went through so many Macaulay Culkins. <laughs> oh, man. You know. Seven Culkins. I mean, they're setting, they're setting all these Culkins up with traps and stuff. Something's going to go wrong. That one, they went through at least five different Culkins on the waterfall. They had a bunch of them. <laughs> that family kept pumping out Culkin, so it's actually very, very good. <laughs> I was chatting with our friend Fred, who works at the National Arts Center, because months from now, but they announced that in December they're doing Home Alone with the orchestra playing the John Williams music. Oh, okay. Wow. And I was thinking, I was like, did they just make a musical of Home Alone? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> There's a musical for School of Rock and yeah. Aladdin. Yeah, but there are songs in those things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fred is playing Macaulay Culkin. Is that what you said? Or? No, but I said, do you get to set traps for the orchestra? Because that'd be funny where they're, they're playing some kind of slapstick music and then a paint can comes oh, flying down from the rafters. <laughs> There's a sudden burst of flame up from the middle of the orchestra pit. Yeah. When they walk out, they could trip on Hot Wheel cars and stuff. It wouldn't be that hard to set up either. We could go in. Like, I would do that for free. 
Let's do if it. Fred wants to sabotage this. He doesn't like his job, right? Let's injure some musicians. <laughs> it's good. They're well paid. It's fine. They're doing that, and they're doing Jurassic Park. Oh, well, hi. Come on now. Yeah. You kind of buried the lead on that. It's funny, though, because Home Alone, it's this Christmas classic, beloved, mm. whatever, but it's filled with the most brutal violence you've ever seen in a movie. And it's funny because it's only rated PG, but I guess it's because they didn't do any blood. They didn't do any yeah. real injury. It's Whereas all slapstick. Most of those things would literally kill you. And I watched it again for the first time in a long time recently. And there's a shot, a full paint can comes yeah, down yeah, yeah, yeah. and hits one of them. I don't know if that would take off a head, but it might. <laughs> well, I think they did a Mythbusters about it oh, at really? one point. And they were just like, don't do any of this. Don't do that. <laughs> but a podcast that I listened to called No Such Thing as a Fish did an episode where they talked partially about it and the facts behind Like somebody had done these yeah. experiments and a lot of them were like, you would get these kinds of burns and you get this kind of head trauma and you would get, you know, like really <laughs> itemizing all the grievances, <laughs> all the bodily grievances that you would suffer through. And then, of course, there was that other movie that I saw right here at the Mayfair Theater. Uh-huh. Better Watch Out. Yeah. All right. Which is very much an answer to, to yeah. uh, tell him alone. Tough watch, too. Like, not in the way you'd expect when you get to the end and you're just like, oh, man, I don't even know how I feel anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking of, though, just with Tom here, who I've seen many of Mayfair movies with. Yes. And Eric here, who was a fan of the Mayfair before working for the Mayfair and then potting for the Mayfair. Yeah. I don't think I've ever asked Eric what your first Mayfair movie was. I remember mine. I remember mine. That's a great... Well, okay, so like I moved here in 2001. That narrows it a bit, which is like a pre-Josh ownership, but it's still Josh, you know, Mayfair fun and whatever. And probably, you. I guess you probably were coming here at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that's old hat. But what's weird is like, I remember in 2001 watching at South Keys. That's not the Mayfair? No, 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 but like just to set the scene, (laughs) I remember watching K-Pax. Talking about other movies. K-Pax. Just just to say, I would never watch K-Pax here because we had better taste than that. But just, you know, I remember watching a movie in 2001 just to say that I can't remember if I came here in the first year because to be honest, like in my first year at Carlton, I was kind of, I don't know. I'm just, I kind of just stayed there most of the time. Like it's Ottawa was still kind of scary to me. Like I didn't really know how to get places (laughs) or more importantly, get back from places. So I'm like, we did get rid of the vampires (laughs) kind of mid 2000. It came, it got better, you know? And and what's funny is the Mayfair is like, what is it? Like a 10 minute walk maybe from there. It's not even, you don't even have to take a bus, but still I was like, with all those rich old Ottawa South hooligans in between here and there. Oh, yeah, the vampires. The vampires. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was always a lot. So, I mean, it, it would have been probably like, yeah, 2002, I would think. And like, I remember, God, I remember coming to like a Fulci movie. I want to say like The Beyond, but I don't know. It could have been City of the Living Dead or Zombie, something like that. That was still the era of the double bills. So, I mean, yes. like, I want to think that I came to that. But like most of the ones I think of, I can't remember if this is before your time or not, but the Psycho 1 and 2 and Texas Chainsaw 1 and 2. Okay, I yeah. I think that was still you guys. But it that was like a before, rare. Because it was double bills yeah. Right up until before we took over. Yeah, so like, I mean, I guess I don't have an official answer, but I know everything was, I don't know, it was like new and shiny to me and everything seemed really exciting. So, you know, I mean, like, I want to say, yeah, it was probably like a Texas Chainsaw, Psycho 1 and 2 kind of thing, you know, and just, but like, yeah, I mean, I only had, I don't know, everyone kind of stayed there. So I ventured out maybe three or four times that first year just to go to like <laughs> Record Runner and like, God, other places that don't exist anymore. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, it seemed great at the time though. And you're just like, I laugh now because I'm like, Ottawa's not that big it feels like it is when you're dropped you know from the middle of nowhere you know but like afterwards i'm like god why it was just kind of like never did anything like that first year was just sad no, I've, I've witnessed that because we had a couple times two or three school buses 
pull up to the front of the cinema and it was like Carlton or Ottawa U and it was the new kids going on a field trip to come see a movie and they would watch Ferris Bueller or something like that. So I was standing here as the liaisons were getting the kids off the bus and some looked totally fine. Some looked like they were locals, but I saw a couple walk off that bus. It might as well have been that they were walking off of a bus into Manhattan or a Blade Runner city. Like I saw their eyes wide and I was like, I don't know if that kid knows how to put on shoes. I've never seen three stories on a building. Yeah. (laughs) So you see that and you're like, wow. If you feel like a country mouse now, I hope you don't go to a bigger city anytime (laughs) soon. Yeah. And that was just, oh my God. It's weird to think how long that was before you guys took over because it's still everything feels like a long time ago to me even last week but so it was kind of hilarious they said different but now like you've got me wondering like i kind of want to start searching through the you know september 2001 and onward i think if i were to see it i would know because like getting that and i don't want to be like those people who always say this to you every time but i really loved those old the fold-out schedules and i remember that was like a tradition like every time one came out getting that putting on the fridge and that not going as often as you think you will (laughs) like that was before your time so it's okay you have to go back into your diaries yeah dear diary that it is a great question though i think it's one of those things where like when i see it i'll be like oh right 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 but like it just god it feels like about 40 years ago (laughs) yeah we've been running the place since january 1st 2009 and sometimes I'm like, oh, I've been running this place since I was 14. It's so weird how little <laughs> and long it has been. I didn't know it was January 1st. That's wild. Essentially, it was prepped before that, but mm-hmm. January 1st was the first. It was Metropolis silent film, if I remember correctly. How did you know my next question was going to be, what did you guys ah. show? So you guys had nothing to do with the New Year's, or was it closed on the 31st? It was closed for a little while, okay, yeah, to okay. get the new seats in and all, all that right. kind of stuff. Okay. I was hoping it was like the old guard did one final New Year's show, and then you guys were like, like, all right, get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah. We got this. <laughs> Let's trash the place. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he moving in new chairs and stuff. I mean, yeah. he, he did what he had to do. So, Tom, you actually remember your first movie? Yeah, yeah. It was Grade 10. Okay. Die Hard 2 mm. and Batman. Die, Die Whoa, Hard cool. 2. It was either Batman or Batman Returns. Yeah. And we didn't know. I came with a buddy of mine. We didn't know it was a double bill. Oh, okay, So yeah. halfway through, and we're both like 15 years old, right? Like, so... <laughs> Halfway through, during the intermission, we have to go to the payphones to call his phone. Because my parents didn't care, but to call his yeah. phone to say, like, uh, there's another movie. Can we stay? And they were like, how much is it? No, it's free. Free. You know? yeah. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, you but stay. That was, yeah, that was, that was that. And we were super excited. I hope it was Batman Returns. And that's that was the bit that was when... Because by that point, I was already going to movies, ostensibly by myself. And a lot of movies. And there were a lot of movie theaters, and certainly a lot of theaters that I could walk to. Oh, God, yeah. I didn't live downtown. The Elmdale Theater was still around before oh, it wow. became a church. The Westgate Cinemas was still around before yeah. they became a church. <laughs> and there were a few things that I could get to very easily and see things. But yeah, this is the first time we were like going downtown, and there was a big deal kind of thing that's that's what hooked me it was like the second movie so i remember distinctly because the aforementioned fred and i were in grade nine together we became friends because we loved batman 89 and prince did the music in batman 89 all right and fred's a huge prince fan fred was a huge prince fan had albums and stuff yeah but it's funny how we got in via batman which is so strange that because we were too young to know his earlier much racier kind of stuff. So early on in our friendship, we came here to see a double bill again, where we were just coming (laughs) to the first one, but we saw a sign of the times and then stuck around for Tommy. 
Oh, oh good lord. That's not what I thought you were going to say no, at all. No, so that was the weird double bill because often the double bills sometimes were thematic and sometimes yeah. were just these are two Paramount pictures or these are yeah. two Warner Brothers pictures. So we saw that. It wasn't a packed house, but it was a great first movie. And then Fred lived in the Glebe, so we went to his house and I slept over and went to school the next day. But so, yeah, so as a young kid, I saw Sign of the Times as my first Mayfair movie. And then soon after, came with my uncle to see a Monty Python double bill. Yeah, oh, I, did, I did a lot of those from yeah. high school. Yeah, and so those are my first those. Mayfair memories. Damn. Okay. Well, that sucks that I don't have one. Like, I feel like you really, you really put me on the spot there. Rightly so. But and you're younger. You should have it closer uh, to your brain. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was very stressful. You know, like moving from the middle of nowhere to here and just trying to wrap my red head, my red, my, you know, my head, my red head around school. You know, and then but the Mayfair was like the fact that this was like a real place, let alone that close. Just I was. I yeah. still kind of can't get over it to be honest i'm you're just like back, this is real you're back home cinema it got saved right uh yeah i think eventually someone bought it i wonder if it's reopened at this point yeah because it sounded like it was very similar to what happened with bytown where it was like someone who actually did want to save it and run it as a cinema and kind of but bring in new ideas because i think they had like two cinemas but one of them wasn't digital and so they just didn't use it like they had a 35 millimeter projector, oh, but no 35 millimeter. So yeah. they just didn't use it. I'm like, that feels like a flawed business plan. Yeah. I, mean, I see what you're doing there, but I'm just like, it might be worth either doing a fundraiser or a whatever to get that second thing and actually be able to play two things. And like, I'm like, I'm no businessman, yeah. but I feel, <laughs> it seems like having an empty theater is not super good for where, making money. Where is back home? Uh, Perry Sound. Oh, okay. So yeah, Cottage Country kept it afloat, I think, but I'm assuming it was probably lean winters and stuff like that. Yeah, but right. like during the summer, I mean, it's probably bumping right now. Hopefully they have opened by now. Do you know if they do stuff like have a band in there or I anything think, like that? I think yeah. that was an option because they said you could rent it for whatever, you know, like birthday parties or stuff like that. Because you'd think the Aaron Theater there that we talk about sometimes, like I know they have bands and shows and comedy, stuff like that. Like it seems like not so much us because you kind of you don't need to be doing comedy events and stuff like that but places like that especially smaller towns you're like you, oh yeah you gotta be doing stuff like that like coffee houses whatever it takes i totally forget the name of the city but we visited a lovely small town on the outskirts of halifax and it was just this perfect small town that had coffee shops and bookstores but still was modern enough to have vegan options hmm because it was a college town, I think. Right, yeah. So they had a Mayfair-type theater, but what they did off-season was they would do plays and stuff. The local theater troupe putting on Little Shop of Horrors or whatever. Mm, like the Gladstone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they, kinda, they yeah. split it like that, because you got to do stuff like that, because especially if, if they're doing fine every time except for the summer because the kids are there, and they were playing pretty much the same stuff we were, and they looked very similar. Smaller, but they'd probably been there since the 30s or whatever. Yeah, I'm always curious. Near our cottage, there is a drive-in oh, uh, yeah. theater. It's one of the last working drive-ins, and I cannot... It's driving me insane because I've been trying to summon the name The of, name, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I know the one you mean if it's... Port Elmsley. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We go there, if you can... Everybody has... Like, the first time we went with Graham, everybody's getting there whenever, and there's, like, people are kicking a ball around and stuff, but then there's all these people, like, putting mosquito netting and stuff oh, over yeah. the cars. <laughs> oh, God. And we, we had none of that. We were just like, oh, no. <laughs> and I mentioned to the people in the uh, concession stand, it's like, you should really consider selling mosquito nets yeah. <laughs> here they're like yeah, okay and they still don't <laughs> yeah. but they would make so much money doing that but yeah no we have you know that's become part of our kind of cottage experience because it's 15 minutes away from our cottage and we basically will 
back the car in, open the hatchback, hang mosquito netting from it. Monique and I will sit under the mosquito netting under the hatchback in lawn chairs. And Boy and his friend, whoever it, it might be, are on like air mattresses or whatever in the trunk of the car. Kind of yeah, thing, right? yeah. But I'm always curious. And it's great. It's a great experience. I love the place. I hope it stays open forever. It's actually really nice. But what are they doing the rest of the year? I'm never quite sure. And like, are they drawing that many people in that very kind of seasonal short period of time that they're able to pay for the place? And they must be. I visited a flea market years back in Florida. And it's funny, it took claim as the... With the aforementioned Frederick? With Fred again. Yeah. <laughs> and John. Our friend John had yeah. family I've, down I've there. Heard, I've heard tell of some of this. <laughs> and what was funny is they claimed to be the biggest flea market in the States. Mm-hmm. And just bizarrely, years after that, I saw a PBS documentary that there are four different flea markets who all hate each other in different parts of the States who all claim to be the biggest. <laughs> so this was really neat because during the day, talk about multitasking, it was the flea market and farmer's market. And then that all went away at night and it became a drive-in. Mm. So not only is it a place that you could drive in year round, mm-hmm. but it was also a place where they were smart enough to, during the day, make money on it doing something else. Yeah. Because I remember when I was a kid, there was the airport drive-in in in Ottawa. We have snow six, seven, eight months of the year. (laughs) So what are you doing the rest of the time? And I think that's the big thing that has killed off drive-ins in many a city is they're just like, Certainly in Canada. Yeah. It's we, weather. It's like the weather. So Yeah, we had a drive-in in Timmins. That's where I saw the Great Muppet Caper. I'm fairly certain that if it was snowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. kind of fun, though. I mean, yeah. it, it's like a football snow game or something. You yeah. know, people who don't like sports, you're like, well, this is different. Like, that's got to be harder. It's fun. Well, that may be an invented memory. I'm not sure. <laughs> the first movie I ever saw with an asterisk, because I was a baby, was my mom and her friend brought me to the Renfrew Drive-In, and it was a re-release of Star Wars, Mm -hmm. and the A picture was Star Trek. Mm. So it was like 1979 or so. I nerded up quick. But that was at the Renfrew Drive-In, which, once again, I'm like, you get snow most of the... And I have found out, sadly, that for... And not recently, like a number of years ago, it got torn down, and now it's suburbia kind of thing. So, which they make... Way more money off of I think we went, I think that's the one we went to in high school, me and a couple of friends, and saw the movie where somebody, a misogynist, is reincarnated into Ellen Barkin's body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't remember the title, but I remember <laughs> yeah. that's a movie. That and the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. Okay. Okay. It was a double bill of those things. That's probably an example of Robin Hood was the real movie and the other one (laughs) was the B picture that they just Um, tagged onto it. I mean, they were both terrible. Yeah. And it was, it turned me off of drive-ins actually for a very long time because I was like, this is not how to watch a movie. Uh, That's but the thing mostly, too. Yeah. you know, we went to the Port Elmsley one when I was around the same age with a bunch of just kids from around the cottage to see Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, that's a good classic. Was the first movie. And the second movie that I wanted to see, which was why I went, was Baron von Munchausen. Oh, that's a good double bill. But we left. All the other kids that I was with were in the concession stand for like an hour Boo. during a half hour break. Yeah. Oh my God. So there was nobody in the car for like the first 20 minutes of the movie except for me and when they got back to the car they were like what's going on <laughs> dumb. I don't get it and we left and I was like I hate you God, I hate, I hate, I hate that when people aren't so paying much. attention then they're like that movie was stupid and it was yeah, like you weren't even paying yeah. attention you don't yeah. know what's happening yeah but it happens <laughs> yeah but no getting back to Star Wars I mean Star Wars was my first movie I went to see it 
in 77 when I was like three years old. Cool. Uh, and it was also my second movie. Because yeah. my parents were irritated that they'd had to take my brother and I to the bathroom. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went back the next night. Like, who's this Darth Vader guy? Well, you know, <laughs> see, like the whole thing was like, ah, we'll go see this dumb movie everybody's yeah. talking about. Yeah. And they were blown away by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, let's go back because I missed that bit with the big lizard. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's still my dad's top five. He's a war movie Western kind of guy, but Star Wars is like his movie, which is awesome. I'm like, all right, that's always a win. You know, you're always yeah. going to have yeah. that going for you. Yeah, I first saw Empire Strikes Back at the Somerset, and then later Lee told me, who knows everything about everything for Star Wars, that there was a projectionist strike in Ontario at the time. So I might not have seen it in May. I might have seen it later in the year. Yeah, I didn't see Jedi until we moved to Ottawa, and the first time I saw it was on VHS at somebody's house right, after right. school, and we wound up fast-forwarding through a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and so the only the first time I actually saw it was when it was on TV the first time, right? And it was which was a huge deal. Oh, yeah, it was yeah, on yeah. TV, but it was because it came out in the summer, and we were all at the cottage. My dad was like, "I am not driving." <laughs> to Smith Falls or whatever, wherever there's a movie right, theater. Yeah. You're just going to have to lump it. God, what were you fast-forwarding? Like, there's so many good bits. Uh, it was the Endor, a lot of the Endor stuff. Okay, the just not feeling it. And stuff. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was like, my friend was like, oh, the speeder chases are great because they're even better when they're fast. Uh, you know, uh, that's like, okay, whatever you say. Uh, okay, let us mention the movies that we are screening the week of Friday, May 19th, 2023. Return of the Jedi? I wish. Oh, man. Stupid not letting a show Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Some, one of these days, we're going to get that. So first up, the Ottawa premiere this week is called Plan 75. I guess it classifies as sci-fi the same way that Handmaiden's Tale classifies as sci-fi. The plot is a government program called Plan 75 encourages senior citizens to be euthanized as a oh. remedy to an aged society in Japan. Wait a minute. Isn't this Logan's Run? I think it might be Logan's run with less flashy sci-fi 1970s-ness yeah. <laughs> to it. Are you saying the 70s were flashy? Maybe. This movie won the <laughs> Cannes Film Festival Golden Camera Ooh. Award. Oh, yeah. That's... And, yeah, it's, it just makes me think of Handmaiden's Tale, even though it's different. Is It's that kind of, it's a view of the future, but yeah, seems yeah. like not too far removed <laughs> yeah, from what true. might be happening. Yeah. I think you're adding an E-N to Handmaid's Tale. Am I? I, 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 I was going to let the first one go, but you said it again. Uh, it's not a problem, but I just don't want you to be at a dinner party later and say yeah. it and someone's like, oh, like a actually, fool. Josh. Fail my English writing class. You're doing good. No, this is all about learning. We learned so much today. Mostly about Fred for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our Ottawa premiere this week. Mm. Then up, we have Bo is Afraid. All right. Continuing our run of... Airy Aster movies. Yes, and, and this is not a Bo Jackson see, You thing. will see a Tom Fowler without a Golden Retriever uh, at, that at, movie. at one of those screenings. It's a long one for whiskey. You know, I think it's like two and a half hours or something. Well, it's I don't think hours. she's allowed in the theater yeah. usually. <laughs> Maybe she's got to wear the hats and like the little like the, the little pipe, you know? It's like, oh, that's clearly yeah. a guy. So here's what I'm going to say in case one of you is about to say anything. I don't know anything about I don't about know this anything movie. at I don't all know. about it either. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix is in it. That's I know the poster uh, and I uh, know who directed it. Yeah. I know Parker Posey's in it. Oh, I've seen a preview. It looked kind of Wes Anderson-y. Yeah. yeah. So I can see that. I, I don't, I'm assuming I don't know there's going to be some kind of terrifying part to it. Yeah, and, and I've, I've, what I've heard is reactions to reactions. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of people have decided they don't like it, or they went in deciding, well, this is the Ariaster that I'm not going to like. Yeah. And Finally. they've written, they've written film treatises. 
on it and then other people have reacted by just trolling them so i don't know i'm just i'm very eager to make up my own mind and, and see this thing i loved his other two movies yeah i yeah. love ari Aster, you know so i'm and in real in. life you know david lynch when you see a david lynch movie and you see david lynch you're like yep but you see <laughs> ari Aster, and you're like oh he kind of looks like a normal dude he looks like a ryan johnson <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard, yeah, very mixed things. It looks kind of kooky. I don't know. Like, I'm not, obviously, I'm going to see it. Yeah, I like his work too, but it's, it's very much, yeah, like Tom said, you know, a lot of people were just sort of like, okay, finally, this is the one I don't like. This is, yeah. oh, he yeah. got the budget to do whatever he wants, and now and that, we that's see That's cyclical. Like, that happens to a lot of things, especially if, in, if a particular director gets a certain amount of nerd fame, or mm -hmm. it's just you wind up with whatever cabal of Hollywood reporter types deciding, like, no, you know what he's gonna get a black eye this time yeah. john carter this is pixar's black eye time <laughs> yeah yeah you know uh pacific rim screw you del toro we don't <laughs> like this one because you got too big for your britches that was a it fun always, movie i'm saying it always i love it <laughs> yes. uh, but it, in fact his really good movies i can't stand so but there's often there's this weird kind of critical mass cabal whatever mm -hmm. the hell you want to call it but you will find they've just decided to get their guns out for something because yeah. they've they've gotten to a point where they're tired of seeing it treated nicely yeah jordan Poole gets it literally every time it, like yeah. it's like there's and you know I, gosh i can't figure out why a bunch of people want to hate him but anyway like yeah. it seems like every time he puts out a movie like oh no well this one's not good this one's not good and you're just like you know it's gonna be divisive for anyone but it just seems like yeah they're just waiting with their knives yeah. you know like this movie is funny because some big shot critic gave it a zero essentially but mm -hmm. I had no problems finding a few five-star reviews as yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. to stick onto the website. And, you know, anything, if nothing else, anything that polarizing is going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. I want to see <laughs> something know, that you know. somebody gave zero stars to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we have our 158th screening of The Room. Oh, boy. One update. <laughs> so, oh, no, why? Lee told me the other day with a laugh that he has both been on the phone recently with Neil Breen. Oh, and with Tommy Wiseau. Like, back to back, I hope. Because you're yeah. just like, oh, God, I need a whiskey after this or something. Because they don't have people. You just deal with them directly. Yeah, yeah. But so I think we to. will have Neil Breen's new movie and Big Shark on the horizon. Yeah, I'm uh, very excited for... Well, I'm very excited for both, but I'm like very, very excited for the Breen one. Big Shark, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what Big Shark is. So... It took 20 years. Oh, but Tommy oh. has a new feature oh, film. No. It's oh. real, yeah. It's oh. real. And it's not the Meg 2. They didn't just do no, that. No, like yeah. a month no. ago. <laughs> in a way. On the podcast, I'm still not quite sure it's real. But in Portland, Oregon, about a month ago, I believe, they had the world premiere. But they had it on April 1st. So everybody was like. <laughs> Are you just going to show the room? Or this is like, like when I found out about Human Centipede. I was like, that's not a that's real That's not thing. real, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's three of them. You're like, nah, still not true. And doubling down, Lee texted Greg Sestero and was like, is this Big Shark thing real? And Greg said, I don't think so. So <laughs> Greg didn't know about it. And evidently, he has a cameo in it. But... <laughs> No residuals on that one, I guess. Yeah, they did a fake trailer or a real trailer. And so Greg is in that. So right. that was done to, I don't know, raise funds, whatever. But it's real, I guess. So we think we'll have Big Shark next month. Wow. But it's, you know, the new Tommy Wiseau movie. Always the problem with this kind of thing is like when Birdemic was yeah, what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they did the sequel to Birdemic or Sharknado. You know, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough to capture that 
cinematic history that is the room yeah. again. Although so Sharknado we shall see. 2 did do well here. I remember I came for my yeah. birthday and it was a fun, I don't know. The second one was like, I well, mean, it is the, what it is. The but. Sharknado stuff, that's all baked in though. Like yeah, they, yeah, they exactly. tried to, yeah. and it kind of worked, but it's the kind of thing that only really works once. Yeah. You need a certain kind of inebriation. Well, <laughs> you need a certain kind of lack of self. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Wood. Yeah. was not purposefully making B-movies. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Ed Wood, good on him. He had the chutzpah. He always thought he was making serious science fiction or serious political commentary. So it'll be interesting to see if Tommy still has those blinders on. Yeah. Because even What's the word I'm looking for? Self-referential? No. Self- I wanted to start saying words, but I'm just like... <laughs> self-realization. Yeah, self- yeah, yeah. Uh, Awareness? Yeah, yeah, self-awareness. Self-awareness. You yeah. need to have you need to have a level of passion that is right up there on a plateau with your lack of self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we so, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what the future holds for this big shark movie if it garners cult status to come back once a month. You know, <laughs> I can't imagine. And apparently, he made it to be like an audience movie, unlike The Room. You know, where The Room was made to be like a, a drama. serious drama. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and so like this time after twenty years or whatever of all this stuff. He's deliberately making one to be, and it's kind of like what you're implying uh, now is like, yeah. I don't want to say it's not going to work, but it's like, it tends to be when you're, well, you know, yeah. and then winking. you tip over into like, when you try to make something that's quote unquote bad, that then becomes laughably bad. Right, right. Then you're entering another level of weird, cynical Gen X irony and my head explodes and I, yeah. I want to lie down. Yeah. You won't be uh, there for this one. <laughs> yeah. So then we have a tribute screening, a movie that came out a couple years ago, Gordon Lightfoot, If You Could Read My Mind, because Gordon passed away recently. Mm-hmm. Sad. It is always nice to be at the Mayfair and to program weekly. These little tribute screenings we can get in are always mm. nice, whether it be showing a Star Trek movie for Leonard Nimoy or mentioning Prince. We showed Purple Rain after Prince died. That was a really neat night. Really felt like a tribute screening to him. And I always like music movies because to hear those songs in the Mayfair yeah. with our nice sound system is always a neat thing. So tribute screening to the late, great Gordon Lightfoot. Did anyone dress up for the Prince screening? There were a lot of concert t-shirts. Okay, nice. And Will maybe anyone dress up for the Gordon Lightfoot? That's the thing. Don't we all kind of look yeah. like Gordon Lightfoot I mean, in so Canada? We all get there eventually. <laughs> guy walks in with a giant boat around him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It would be so good. I am Call coming to the Edmund. movie. Yeah. I mean, there's time. Like I think Josh and I are both going to go, so I'm like, all yeah. right, I could, I'll, I'll come up with something. And then, again, I love the Mayfair because of these sharp turns. <laughs> we just went from the room to Gordon Lightfoot. And now to Renfield. Finally. The love of Nick Cage for this cinema knows no bounds. And Nicholas Holt, too. We love him. Yeah, and... uh, The Knicks. And Aquafina, yeah. who I've become a really big fan of. We watched her show, uh, um, Nora from Nora Queens, from Queens okay. which, which I really liked a lot. And I've seen this one. Yes. Oh. And I can report back, all three are fantastic. Yeah. Big laughs. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Okay. Well, obviously, like, I'm insanely hyped for it, but I waited until we got it. Yeah. Partly laziness, and, you know, it's cheaper for me to come here and not pay. But yeah. the point is, <laughs> it was more just like, I don't know, seeing a movie like that here, I, it's, I just think it's more fun. It's really fun, and it's really gross, and <laughs> you can see Nick Cage, like, just... I can just see him in the makeup chair being like, make it grosser! Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I know that had to have happened. And I heard there's uh, black and white stuff in it, too. Yeah, you know? no, he's... Ha- yeah, you can see Nick Cage is having an absolute blast in 
this. Oh and God. Holt and Aquafina are solid. Yeah, it's just fun, good time. I saw one photo, and I don't know if it was purposeful. It must have been. One photo, and he was kind of snarling and stuff. And I was like, wow, he looks like Christopher Lee. Just his eyes. And he's like... doing, I'm trying to remember. He, there are moments where he's actually, because he's doing his Nick Cage thing, right? Like yeah. he's doing a, I'm going to play this as this guy. And there are moments when he is really he is doing Christopher Lee mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, at times. And it's great. It's really great. But it's a different, it's a really different Dracula than mm-hmm. I've seen because he's making it his own. And, mm-hmm. he, and again, it's like a passion. You can tell it's a passion thing for him, right? Yeah. And he's brought something to it that I've not seen before. And uh, yeah, I really like it. But again, part of that too is just like, just the grossness <laughs> of it. Christopher Lee is his favorite Dracula. Like he oh, said yeah. that. So it's oh, not surprising okay, yeah, that yeah. he channeled that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Christopher Lee, but there's a lot. It, yeah, there's it's pushed cage side. <laughs> and strangely, I don't know how this happened, but it's from the director of the Lego Batman movie, which I really loved. Yeah. So even though this is live action and not a kids movie, I'm curious to see that angle as well. And I think he did the Tomorrow War for Amazon as well with oh, okay. like Chris. Uh, he did know. something in between cartoon yeah. to here. Chris Pratt. Yeah, it was, it was one of the Chris's, yeah. the one that people are kind of up in arms <laughs> at times. But yeah, it was a weird. Well, actually, I think John Boyega was in it. We love him, so that's okay. But yeah, but yeah, like it's funny. To oh see no, those John directors. Boyega wasn't in it. It was the oh. Detroiters. Yes, yes. Uh, 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 Sam, who wants to be Baby of the Year? Sam Richardson. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and in it, and he within. carries he carries that movie on his back. Yeah. <laughs> I love him, and I'm like, sorry for saying John Boyega, who I also love. It is a racist. It is a Sisyphean task yeah. that Sam Richardson <laughs> puts that movie on his back and walks it up a, just a sheer cliff face. For that alone, it's almost worth watching. My main problem with that Tomorrow War movie is they should have not had Chris Pratt in it at all <laughs> and given all of his stuff, all of his lines, all of his role, the whole thing, given it to Betty Gilpin. Oh, yeah. Betty Gilpin's in it? Yeah, she plays oh, his I, wife. She I gotta says, watch it now. She says three words. It's so disappointing. And the thing is, they could have given Chris Pratt's character to her. Everything around it, like the relationship with his dad, the relationship with her daughter, the, all of it. All of it. They could have just given it to her, and she would have she would have slam dunked it, because she is so good. She's amazing. And she would have been so great in that. And I'm just, I just watch it and go like, uh, well, <laughs> Sam Richardson's coming back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's everywhere. He was on that really good HBO show, uh, The After Party. Yeah, The After Party. Yeah, that's an Apple show. Apple. Well, yeah. he's on a premium, is this, not is this, cable is thing. Is this Eric's last episode of the podcast? <laughs> oh God. Well, it's are like, we firing him? I Am just, I the new co-host of the podcast? It's just confusing because like they have all the different things, and I'm like, there's the prestige stuff. Okay, was it Apple or HBO? Well, no, that or... was a movie. <laughs> wow. Oh God. At least that one. No, I mean, that one was a series. At least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that one that was really good, and nobody talks about that. And I mean, like he anchored that as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. was good in it, but like it was a fun movie. Yeah. And it was a Lord and Miller show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, not movie show. Call it even at We're this there. point. We're there. <laughs> we got information. I just lost my gig. So good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and last this week, we will just quickly mention that we are hosting a rental screening of The Canvasser, a locally produced oh, yeah. political comedy. The director, Scott Blurton, was on recently. It's always good to come out to those because you can both support local filmmakers and support a local cinema all at the same time. Yeah, and that's a one-night-only affair, I believe. Yeah. And also, if this helps, you can see the Gordon Lightfoot doc before that. I might oh. do that. You know, it's a come for 4 o'clock, Gord, stay yeah. for local film. And I think Renfield's after it. So, like, that's an amazing trip. Stay triple for film. the day. So this is a movie about textiles? <laughs> it, it might be. He was on the podcast before <laughs> we should have asked. Yeah, this is based on his true story of running for office Your in city council or Ottawa. Something? City council. Yeah. Okay. 
and just about how crazy and weird and dumb politics are. And it took him like four years or so, yeah, a one long of those... time. And he made everything, well, not everything, but most things help. himself. Yeah. He did all the music, all that. Anyway, it seemed very the, impressive. The joke here is that it's the canvassers. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> and I made a joke about textiles. Because <laughs> canvas, listener, listener, stay with me. We felt that I watched Scott over it. We, we promised canvas. Scott that we would talk of is his it, movie, so we're panicking. It, is it textile? He's now, you're the one. You're the one blurting out stuff while we're talking about our boy Scott here. Come on. Come to the movie. <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap things up because I think as we speak, the aforementioned Fred is standing outside waiting for us to let him in. You didn't say yeah. Fred was coming. Fred's coming. Yeah, Fred's oh coming. Fred's He's here. too shy to do the podcast, which oh, is too gonna, bad. We're going to rip on him hard. Yeah. yeah. Tom, do you have anything to plug before we wrap things up? Uh, no. <laughs> um, just, Tom draws funny books sometimes. Yeah, I draw funny books sometimes. I'm working on a story right now for Bad Idea, but I don't know when that's coming out. It's just a short. I'm working on a, I'll just say it, I'm working on a comic book history of role-playing games with Fred Van Lente. That's really cool. And I've been working on that forever. Not the same so, Fred, right? Different no, Fred. Okay. Different Fred. So I'm like, that would have been um, amazing. I'm going to be working on a, a medieval heist book with Alex DeCampi. Cool. Later in the year, and I might be heading back to France with my career Ooh, uh, in, in the new year. So yeah. I don't know. But in the meantime, Tom Fowler Arts on Instagram, Tom Fowler Bug on Twitter, Tom Fowler Stuff on Tumblr. Any various iterations of Tom Fowler around social media because it's a nightmare now. But I'll be launching a Threadless store pretty soon as well. And so. I don't know if you listened to the most recent episode of Flophouse but you were, you were name-dropped because they came up with a comic book idea, and Stu <laughs> said, oh, you should get someone like Tom to draw that. Oh, man. And Elliot said, oh, Tom would be good drawing that. <laughs> Damn. So well, I'm assuming this is 100% going to happen. At least, oh, at, least, at least two of them have dropped in to have contacted me with scripts. At one time His head just grew Dan, two sizes. And Dan was tweeting about a commission that Stu got for Dan from me there you go. Uh, recently, yeah. which was that Scrooge McDuck thing. Oh, cool, cool. They're Dude. good friends of mine. They're good people. <laughs> They're good people. Stu's my example of lovely friend of mine who was too shy to go up and say hi to him mm-hmm. and was like, you can't become friendly with people you like on podcasts. So Tom introduced me to Stuart. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to go back again sometime. But we have twice been to his bar, yeah. Hinterlands, in Brooklyn, New oh, York. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. And play board games with him. Yeah. And if I've I, not even been able to do that yet. And it's if you ever want to play a board game with the best board game player yeah. on earth, it's intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I don't but, think I do want that. But <laughs> super fun. And yeah. it's always a nice little ego boost when... And this- Stu or somebody from the Flophouse goes, oh, I wish I was in Ottawa at the Mayfair watching this right now. Yeah, well, like, especially with Mad God, I was immediately, because often when I leave this theater, the yeah. first thing I do is text Stu. Yeah. Until <laughs> I saw this thing, and he's like, oh my God, I can't find that anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So if you're in Brooklyn, go to uh, Hinterlands. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find out more Mayfair info at mayfairtheater.ca and on the social medias. And we will be back next week possibly with Lee to talk about Enter the Drag Dragon as it rolls out into the world. Oh, nice. We hope. But there won't be a dog. No. Well, we'll see. He could bring his dog. dog. We'll tell him now. He has to one-up Whiskey here. Fingers crossed. And thank you to Whiskey for uh, not barking for (laughs) For 45 minutes. any noise. Good job, puppy. Oh, Jay. Okay. Passed out on the floor. Just like Fred, he's on the floor right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Oh, uh, also, I wanted to give you half of your Christmas present early. What? I got this for myself, and it's the best. 
2023 day so, at a time Marvel calendar. So it's a day by day Marvel calendar with vintage issue covers. And I've, cool. I got one for myself. I've been loving it. But then I was like, if I give this to my Christmas, because I thought you'd want the art and it's cool. But I was like, you won't be able to enjoy it for months and months and months. You could be going day by day in that. So this is my gift to you for now. Yay. Yeah, yeah. So it's December. <laughs> If you only go to one concert this year, the new movie from Prince is the one. Prince, sign of the times. 